0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Welcome. My name is Richard H., and I'm a recovering sexaholic. And my co-leader here is...
2: My name is David. I am a sexaholic. My sobriety date's is August second, 1988.
1: Thanks, Abe. And uh, my sobriety date is December 28th of 2013. The topic we are sharing on is the promises coming true in my life. Please turn off any electronic uh, devices or silence them, and please do not record any of this session. In the spirit of the fifth tradition, to carry the message, this session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front and sit next to us and use the microphone when the time is right. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence Uh, for those still suffering or unable to attend a meeting followed by the serenity prayer. Serenity prayer. God, God, God grant me serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Okay. Again, our topic is the promises coming true in my life. Uh, we will share. Uh, Dave and I will share for five or six minutes about how this topic applies in our life. Uh, And then we'll open up the meeting for all of you to share. And we will each have about three minutes to share before uh, we call the time.
2: My name is David. I am a sexaholic. And I'm so grateful to be here. And um, I would like to say uh, my uh, bookmark... For the promises for this morning is the Madrid bookmark, and, uh, and I hope some of you will plan on, on being there with us uh, next January. And uh, I was, uh, I have the promises memorized, uh, I memorize a lot of the readings we have, and I find also that I'm always losing words or dropping words, so I went back to read them this morning, and I realized, and it's been here all along, I just never thought of it this way that there are actually, we say 12 promises because it's possible to divide them that way. There are actually two more. And I thought I'd start with the two more that are in that passage. Um, And it's, uh, are these extravagant promises? We think not. And then here's one of the extra promises. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And and that has been my experience with the promises. Um, And particularly, they are in step nine. So when we... Uh, make direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Uh, in the process of doing that, all of these things, uh, kind of come true. And I'll come back to that step nine in a minute. Um, oh, I'm cheating. I didn't start my clock. So I will break it shortly. Um, and, um, they are being fulfilled, uh, over time and, and and it's not only in each of us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but individual issues or character defects or whatever it is I'm struggling with. Uh, it's sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And I'm quite capable of reverting uh, in some area and then getting a chance to uh, renew it. The other promise that's right after that is they will always materialize if we work for them. And I had never thought about that particular promise in connection with something I actually say frequently. Um, if I I have a a thing I do when I'm uh, upset with somebody, that's called the one two three waltz. It actually comes from page five fifty two in the AA Big Book, and um, a waltz is a dance where you go one two three one two three one two three one two three just over. And um, the first step of the one two three waltz is surrendering my right to be angry or judgmental or uh, rude or whatever it is I want to be with someone or an institution. And then the second step is to pray for them and their well-being. What I actually say, it's slightly differently on page 552, and it works fine, but what I say is may they get whatever they need to be healthy and whole. And then the third step of the waltz is, God, may I find in you whatever I thought I would have found uh, in being angry, judgmental, uh, rude, whatever it is uh, to him or her. And uh, so I do the one, two, three waltz, and it works every time. And I am stunned every time. And uh, I have a thing I do for obsession, uh, thinking about something more than once, unless there's been a change of fact or circumstance. And it's the obsession song. Some of you may have heard it. I'm not going to sing it now, although I probably need it. Um, But it's the same thing. I sing it. And and I've had people say this to me on the phone. They've sung it. and, And suddenly it works. And it's like, this stuff, it really works. And that's after 29 years and 50 weeks of trying this out. So they will always materialize if we work for them, and we may be continually surprised. Um, I have I've been through the steps quite a few times in various ways. I do step one, two, three, uh, and 11 every morning, well in 10, 10, 11. Um, I carry a list of my character defects in the front of my uh, date book and look at it. It mostly I don't need to look at it because my obviously character defects keep coming out. And um, But step nine is, uh, we we make a big deal about step four and five correctly, we should, because it really does change the whole program. And at the same time, uh, the people who have gotten through step nine have a more dramatic, including myself I might add, having a more dramatic change in how they interact in their moral behavior that's what morals are is our behavior how we treat other people uh in our moral lives and uh, then then it just everything changes with step nine and i know lots of people as early as before they even come into the program dread the thought of making amends step eight and step nine and all i can say is that's when the biggest single, it's not the most difficult step, although we often think so, Uh, it is the step that I see the biggest uh, changes in a consistent uh, way. And the promises are right there, right at the end of step nine. In fact, they will always materialize. If we work for them, the next sentence is, this thought brings us to step ten. So that's how imminent it is. And uh, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, that is, if I really am willing to uh, face the fear, face the pain, uh, of, and the pain, by the way, almost always will be humiliation, uh, I tell people one of the strengths of an amends is to experience the humiliation that goes with it, because that's the part that's doing the heavy lifting. Um, and in making amends, in my experience, the biggest uh, uh, sort of heavy lifting part is when I say, I ask your forgiveness. Um which is humiliating, and it's exactly what I need to do if I want freedom. And um, the the various pieces of the promises, a new freedom and a new happiness, uh, I have had many experiences uh, of that happening. Probably the most profound happens to involve St. Louis, um, and that is uh, I had come up here to, I'd been sober about 90 days, 100 days, somewhere in there, And I came up to an annual conference I had um, every fall, every November, and was driving back to Nashville where I lived on the interstate. I was somewhere on Interstate 57 over in Illinois, and and I was driving along. I'd be listening. We didn't have CDs then. I was listening to AA tapes, and I realized that my brain was quiet. And I had not I was forty two years old. I had not, as an adult, experienced that ever as an adult of having my brain be quiet it was it was totally unexpected and as may happened many times since uh, and it was just wonderful and that's that's when the first sense of that new freedom and new happiness began. Not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. there are just so many examples of that and um all the other things but my clock says that I'm out of time so I'm going to turn it over to
1: Richard hi I'm Richard I'm from St. Louis I'm addicted to lust um, so as I was thinking about uh, the promises coming true in my life um, so I've been sober now for uh, four and a half years um, and I've just seen a, you know, a transformation in, in my life. And as I read through the promises, you know, this word amazed uh, jumps out at me. And I, th- I think for my share, I'd like to say that um, there are a couple different um, amazements that I've experienced uh, in the program. Um, and the first one um I wouldn't say, uh, it's not part of the, the promises, but down a little bit further on page 84. Um, at the last paragraph it says, and we have ceased fighting uh, anything or anyone, even alcohol, or for me for lust, it would be lust. Um, for by this time sanity would have returned. Uh, we will seldom be interested in lust. And I would say that's the first Uh, amazing thing to me. Uh, My addiction was, uh, what brought me into the program was pornography, masturbation. Uh, That was my problem. That's the only thing I could see. Uh, Coming in the program, I quickly found out that lust was at the core of that. Um, The idea that I could experience this sort of uh, freedom... Uh, where I'm seldom interested in pornography, seldom interested in lust, uh, that that's amazing to me. But that's been my experience uh, as I've worked through the steps, uh, as I've as I maintain uh, my spiritual condition. Most days of my life are spent not even really thinking about uh, avoiding temptation. Um, there are some days where. Uh, as I would put it, you know, there are lots of distractions, and I have to be very diligent about, uh, you know, guard, guarding my eyes, my thoughts, that sort of thing. But most days, my uh, awareness of lust uh, is in the form of gratitude uh, to uh, to God uh, for what he's done in my life, what I could not do for myself. So for three and a half, four decades, uh, I had no control over my uh, sexual behavior and my thinking, and uh, God has the amazing thing is God has changed changed me. Um, I'm recovering, and so most most days are uh, there's serenity. You know, the promises talk about knowing serenity. Um, so I would say that was the that was the first and most obvious. Uh, fulfillment of, of the promise of, of the program that God is, is fulfilling in my life. The other is the amazing thing that, um, I didn't really expect. Like I said, my problem when I came to the program, I knew my problem was I couldn't stop looking at pornography. Um, but I found out that, uh, even below the, the lust, that my problem was, uh, my character defects, um, causing me to feel like crap and needing my drug to, which was lust, my drug to uh, calm me, to comfort me, that sort of thing. And so I would say the the second uh, amazing thing broadly is just the uh, the change in my uh, the rest of my life uh, relationally, professionally. Um, and one of the 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 one that I would like to to talk about uh, is one that I again I didn't expect this. Um, my addiction, because of one of my character defects, my main character defect, I think, is fear. Uh, professionally, um, I was just a wreck. Um, you know, most of my acting out uh, was it at uh, at work. Um, but beyond that, just professionally, because my mind was completely. Uh, you know, drugged out with lust and pornography and masturbation. Uh, I wasn't progressing at all in my in my profession. And for the longest time, I stayed where I was working, and I stayed there for quite a long time because it was a safe place for me. I was pretty confident I wasn't going to get caught, although I could have. Um, and so I was able to stay there. And because of the particular position I was in. Uh, Other people's performance kind of masked my lack of performance. Uh, And that came clear to me recently because I've I've gotten a new job now, uh, because I have the confidence that I'm not going to act out and I'm going to get caught and get fired, but also because over the last few years, I've been uh, able to uh, professionally perform. You know, I'm thinking well, I'm performing well. um, And so as I was preparing to switch jobs i was going through my old files and i found my old uh, you know job performance reviews and that sort of thing and i was reading through these and i'm thinking who is this person you know i you know i used to think you know how am i going to fill if i got another job how could i fill 40 hours of you know of work <laughs> and now i'm thinking You know, I I don't have enough time in the day to finish what I want to do. You know, it's not that I have to do this, but I want to do it now. So, um, so that's an that's an amazing fulfillment of the promises. And, you know, it says I've worked through the steps. Uh, I've identified in this case fear, and every chance I get, usually every chance I get, I flip the bird at my fear, give it the raspberry. I, you know, I'm afraid to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I'm not going to be coward. by my addiction anymore and the the program and god through the program has given me that that freedom Um, thanks for letting me share okay uh you now have uh, the opportunity to share with the group so please focus on the topic of of the the meeting the promises uh, being fulfilled in your life Uh, and like sharing in any essay meeting please limit your sharing to the topic avoid explicit description or distracting comments, and focus on the solution rather than the problem. Uh, please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. And please line up to the left um, and so we don't have to wait for each person to come up. And please speak loud enough so that uh, we can all hear, and you have three minutes to share. Thanks.
2: We'll try three minutes if we're getting too many people coming up, which would be great. We'll cut it to two for now.
3: Hi, Dustin Sexaholic, uh, Colorado. My sobriety date is May 24th, 2017. Um, The promises for me, you know, the fear of other people is a huge one. I've largely been shown by God and others that, um, you know, we are all connected. And if I look out there and I am scared of you, it's largely that I'm scared of something in me. And if I look out there and I'm loving you, it's a reflection of how I love myself as well. So that's uh, been a promise that has come true for me in this work. Um, I think it has a lot to do with not uh, hiding in the shadows of myself. I used to, you know, just isolate and uh, be freaked out. I realized that I spent a lot of my life in fight or flight or freeze um, and through this work, I've been able to actually come into reality, and um, and I'm really enjoying that. So with that, I'm in. Thanks.
4: Thank you, guys. My name is Isaac. I'm very grateful. Recovering sex addict. You know, and I saw this topic. You know, it's it's so appropriate for the end of the of the conference. You know, um, I'm one of the lucky guys that has a story that. It, when my wife found out what I was doing, she called me. I had my son in front seat with me. I put it on speaker, and she said, "I know what you've been doing. We're getting divorced." And I'll never forget the feeling I had because I was living a double life, you know, for about twenty plus years. And the feeling just rushed through me. It was almost as as if God just kind of took the disease, almost flushed it out of me right then and there. I felt relief at that moment. Now I knew it was going to be a tough tough time after that but at that moment you know and from that point on May 20th 2011 I almost saw the blessings come almost on a daily basis my wife who had no reason to stay with me she was making a very good living better than me she's a doctor she decided to go through therapy and you know work it out and you know my kids had found out what I was doing so it wasn't a good situation there but you know they saw my recovery and our recovery, and uh you know things improved from then from that point on. Now the marriage didn't didn't survive for other various reasons, but I think that day, May twenty two thousand eleven, God said, I, "I've seen enough, Isaac. I'm taking you out of this. You come in with me." and you know, now we got divorced about six months ago. I think he said the same thing. He said, I've seen enough. This isn't working. I'm taking you out of this. You're going to get into a better place. And the last six months have been just phenomenal. You know, I wasn't connecting with my siblings. My mom, my, my ex-wife had problems with both of them. She's got her own stuff going on. So I've been able to reconnect with them. Promises and, and, and seeing nieces and nephews and cousins and reconnecting with them and, you know, dating now and, and seeing some, you know, wonderful woman. I'm dating a, a woman now. Uh, business wise, financial, everything just has fallen into place. I keep a gratitude book and I put, you know, various gratitudes, small, big, medium, you know, and that book's filling up pretty quickly. The the promises have come true quickly for me, you know, and that doesn't mean there aren't negative stuff, you know? And I like, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jewish guy, but I listen to Joel Osteen and he, he always comes up with no weapon formed against us. will ever prosper. And, uh, you know, that's something that's constantly on my mind and it's true. You know. Uh there might be tough times, but I think those are tests from God to see where I am and stuff. And that doesn't mean I've had had some close calls with sobriety too. But I have a core belief, and that core belief is if I stay sober and commit to recovery every day and do the next right thing, God has a special plan for the rest of my life. He has a He has a great plan for for my life. And I truly believe that. There's no question in my mind. So, thanks for letting me share that.
5: Aaron Yosef,
1: I'm
5: very grateful for this meeting, the promises coming true in my life. Typically, myself, I, I would uh, beat up myself that I'm not working a good program and the promises are not coming true and I have a bad life. But uh, sitting in the seat and thinking to myself, uh was three years ago, I was traveling to Europe to visit some sacred sites of our religion, and uh, I was sober then. I was sober about four months when I wasn't in program. I was trying to do it myself. I was terrible. I was miserable. I was stuck in a job. I had no exit strategy. I had no way I- I'm going to get out of it. I was I wasn't in a good place with my wife. I was leading a double life. I, I remember I was in Europe. I was at a graveside and I was crying, but I cried I cried in, in a wrong way. I didn't know how to pray. I tried to make deals with God that uh, if my car inspection passes, I give you ten dollars for charity. <laughs> and today, three years later, I'm at, at the convention. It's my first conference, and it's it's unbelievable. I never thought I would be there. I'm sober. I'm not fighting. I got out of the job miraculously. I, I wasn't planning for it, and my sponsor told me I cannot change jobs in the first year. And all of a sudden, one night after the meeting, my sponsor told me, "Just get out of there." It was it was like a message from God. I'm self-employed today. I'm doing okay. I bought my first house. I'm in a good place with my wife. I'm I, I'm working my character defects. I'm able to pray. I'm able to surrender. I'm able to be selfless, and life is completely changed. Fear of people and economic insecurity leaves us. That's That's, that's what happened. I bought my house. I, I I was I was terrified. I called my sponsor. I have so much fears. I'm not going to be able to close on time. I'm going to be able to move and lose money. At the end, I I I, I was driving on the New York State Thruway, and I stopped by in a rest area. And I took out my step work, and I just did a step four on my fear, mm. and I can take it out today. Like three, four months later, I can look at through was a four, five different fears, and every every fear was just in my head. It was just in my head. It's a, it was a test from God if I'm willing to give it up. And today I'm, I'm very grateful. I want to remind myself a grateful heart doesn't act out, mm. so I don't want to act out today. So I want to live in gratitude. I'm grateful to be in the solution. I'm grateful to be under God's care. I'm grateful that I'm not in control anymore. I was never in control, but now I know it. I'm grateful that I can come to this place, can see so much sobriety, so much recovery, and really appreciate that. Thanks for letting me share.
6: Hello, Michael. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, my sobriety date is February 10th. 2017 um first real experience with the promises was last fall i was driving home from a business trip that didn't go well and um i just remember being really anxious and tense and things on my job it wasn't looking it wasn't going to get any easier going forward so I took a moment while I was driving to try to use tools of the program, surrender, and I prayed to God and just kind of let him know what my problem was and asked for him to relieve the tension. And then literally 30 seconds later, being the addict I am, I was getting frustrated because he hadn't answered my prayer yet. <laughs> so, and I'm in the middle of getting frustrated and my phone goes off and it's another guy in the program who was having a bad day as well and we got talking for about 15 minutes. And then towards the end of the conversation, finally dawned on me that all my anxiety and stuff had been lifted just because I was being service to somebody else. And it dawned on me that these are this is the promise that's coming true in my life. And I almost teared up driving, which I don't normally do. Um, and then beyond that, I guess I've noticed, and I think other people I've talked to find the same thing that if you're having a bad day or something's going on and you, you know, I'll call my sponsor or someone else in the program, just try to get stuff off my chest. And almost inevitably every time it seems like the other person on the end of the phone is got more benefit out of the phone call than I did. And, uh, it just, it's amazing. You know, you're calling them to get help and you end up helping them. And at the same time, your, your problem seems to go away as well. So that's, uh, Think uh, I'll have, and thanks for listening. Thanks.
7: Bye. I'm Brian Sexaholic. Sobriety dates May 31st, 2007. Um, I'm from Toronto. In our uh, groups in the Toronto area, we've developed this uh, kind of thing over the last few years in the meetings. It just sort of started to happen, and uh, it's kind of an interactive reading of the uh, Twelve Promises. We don't read them at every meeting, but they're frequently read. And uh, when the reader gets down to, are these extravagant promises? Everybody in the room says, we think not. (laughs) Or some people will just say, no! And... um, they and then they they uh are they materialize sometimes quickly sometimes slowly and everybody says slowly <laughs> they will always materialize if we work for them and people say work 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 <laughs> so it's kind of a silly thing and we chuckle we chuckle about it but um i don't know i i think i think it's made the Promise is a kind of a well-loved um, reading in our in our groups. I feel very close to them. I don't always experience them, but I must say, as time has gone by, I experience them in my life more and more. Uh, others have mentioned the fear of people and of economic insecurity. Fear um, used to just... Eat me up in my life, and uh, what I find now, and I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's the promises at work. It's uh, all the various things that are mentioned. I'm, uh, I live in a, in a more peaceful place. Life is more serene in the good sense of, you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to do everything myself. I'm not trying to take responsibility for everything. I'm accepting. I'm praying. I'm looking for what I can do for others um, more than I used to. And uh, I don't know, just grateful for all of that. Thanks. Thanks for sharing both of you
8: guys. My name is Chazak. Recovering, very grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, the promises for me were very immediate because um my issue wasn't that I didn't have a job. My issue wasn't that I wasn't married. My issue wasn't that uh I didn't have a million dollars. My issue wasn't that I didn't have all these things which we want in our life. My issue was is that I couldn't walk in a park for 10 minutes without being free. Um, Now, the second I gave up lust, um, I was on a couch for four weeks. I slept on the floor some nights in my brother's apartment in New York. But I can tell you guys right now that those were the happiest days in in contrast to my addiction where I was on a queen-size bed living off my mother. Um, I, 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 the addiction consumed every part of my day. I, 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 I was living together with my my mother and sister. I didn't talk to my sister for almost nine months, living right next to her in, in the room next door to her. My brother, younger brother, would turn to my mother like, "Why is Chazak never smiling? Why is he never like?" I was, I, I was, I, I didn't, ha- I don't have a life without this program. And I'm not like, I, I know it sound very drastic, but I think if we all go, everyone in this room goes back to their, 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 their worst night where they're like, I can't do this anymore. I don't think it was that I'm not married or I'm not this, or I'm not, or, or I'm, I'm not getting along with my wife. It's said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a healthy human being. I need to get help. Everything else is bonus. So with that said, right now I have an apartment. I have friends i i'm I'm a person when I walk around I think I'm an enjoyable guy to be around um and i'm right I'm in the beginning of my journey. I let go of lust for eighty four days now today's the eighty fifth day um i have uh I got kicked out of an apartment because I wasn't keeping the Sabbath the way they wanted me to, and God's like, I have a penthouse waiting for you. I'm paying nothing for it i don't a no questions asked I don't know how it happened it just happened i i i I go biking every morning uh, in Prosper Park in New York. I, I feel free. I feel like I, people call me throughout the day. I, 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 I you know, I, I, it's just incredible what I have in my life right now. And uh, my job is really, really cool. I'm just saying these things. I'm just trying to show you that, like, but when I do gratitude every day, I, 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 I remember every day. I don't start with I have a nice job. I have nice clothing. I have this, like. I'm a free man. Everything else is a cherry on top. I'll, I'll, I'll go back onto the couch any day <laughs> it, it, rather than going to my addiction. Um, thanks for letting me share.
3: That's pretty.
9: <laughs> I'm Natalie, grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, my sobriety date is February 19th of 2017. And, um, you know, for me, I feel like the promises are are coming true right now, like here in this moment, because, um, man, somebody could have told me three years ago that I would be, (laughs) that I'd be speaking in, in front of a group of primarily men, um, at a convention for sexaholics. And in my sweats, with no makeup on and just showing up and i would have said i'd rather be buried alive like underneath the earth i i i I can't even imagine what i would have felt if someone had said that i was gonna be doing that three years ago and so um part of my decision even to get up here and share right now is practice. I mean, it's not that it's, it's not that I'm, you know, super confident right now and that I'm not shaken on the inside. It's still practice for me to to just show up. And I don't know which of the promises specifically that this would relate to, but um for me, just the ability to continue to practice showing up with the good, the bad, and the ugly. On a regular basis, in front of women and men that can, um, and to to feel the the beauty of being seen in that moment, and not rejected, um, I would even dare say loved, you know, um, enables me to to be able to see other people and to love other people in a different way, and so I just feel i so grateful for um, just the courage. I feel like my higher power has given me courage to just show up more and more every day, and I'm really grateful for that. Thanks. Thanks.
2: I'm David Sexaholic. Um, I just would say, and I know I'm sort of cross-talking here, um, there are actually promises throughout the big book because it's a compilation of things that worked for sobriety and recovery. And one of them that was just triggered is the con- this promise. I'm changing the pronouns. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every woman. She can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that she trust in God and clean house. That's a pretty big promise.
10: I'm Josh. I'm a sexaholic hey, um, from Seattle. I'm grateful to be here. Um, I don't have a, a perfect recovery story. Um, you know, I, I'm not one that came in, got sober, been sober ever since, um, for me, it's been progressive and re- recovery has been progressive and, uh, a lot of, um, big revelations about a deeper part of how sick I am, uh, that often comes from a relapse, <laughs> um, but somehow God has still given me, uh, the motivation to keep working the steps, which is already a gift. And I'm working my ninth step right now. And I mean, I remember one relapse when I was on my fifth, uh, was on my fourth step and my sponsor said, Josh, the promises are in the ninth step. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, cause I just felt so discouraged. I was like, I don't see the point. I, I'm working so hard and I, I still, I don't see light at the end of this tunnel. And he's like, get to the nine step, finish that. And then you can give up if you want. Um, so I thought it was BS because I thought the promises were BS. I mean, how, how would it be possible for me to not regret the past and be a sexaholic? That did not make sense to me. Um, but I'm working my nine step now. I am more than halfway and I don't regret the past anymore. Um, I don't wish to shut the door on it. Um, I've had some pretty amazing amends. Um, I had an amend with my parents where um, when I started to tell my mom how I had hurt her, how I'd taken her for granted, how I'd blamed her basically for why I'm in this room. Um, and she started crying and she uh, apologized for things that I had been waiting for years. You know, I'd been sitting back waiting for her to apologize first and after I stepped forward and, and said what I needed to say, she felt like she needed to apologize for things. And it was such a healing moment. And our relationship is totally different now. Um, I had an amends uh, with a former professor of mine in college, which could have resulted in me losing my degree. Um, and I went into his office. And, uh, I hadn't seen him in nine years. And it turns out that he is now quadriplegic. He'd been in a bike accident. We talked for an hour, about 30 seconds of that was the actual amends because he was like, Oh, I'm so proud of you for telling me that. I'm so that's wow. And then the rest of the hour was him telling me about his life, about his family and, um, like just telling me how proud he was of me and and all these things. And I mean, again, super amazing. I, and an experience I never thought was possible. And the last one that I think of, um, sorry, is I, I, got a handwritten letter from a, uh, an organization which helps, um, people who've been abused sexually and they were thanking me for a donation and it was a handwritten letter. And I just started to cry when I read it. Cause I was like, I don't have to hurt people anymore and I don't have to regret the past anymore. Um, that's just an amazing feeling. Thanks, I'm Josh.
11: Hi, I'm Dennis. I'm a recovering sexaholic, and I'm from Peoria, Illinois. Uh, it's Friday date of January 5th. I'm 08. And I just remember a, a scenario. I'm driving to work, about a 30-minute trip, and I'm out in the interstate but out in a rural area. And I first realized the promises are coming true because I'm driving down this hill into a river valley and I look up on the other side and it's like for the first time in my life I can see the leaves, the detail, and the trees and I went, wow. I've been going through life in a, in a fog and I'm starting to see things. So it made me realize the clear-mindedness I've had. And, of course, my recovery meant going through a lot of hard work, through pain. And I've learned this, and I I repeat this sometimes. Pain is my friend. Pain is my friend. And that helps a lot because I, I have to do things afraid. But as I do, I find more and more of the promises are coming true. I have lifelong friends, deep friends that I never had in my life. I'm learning to do relationships by things like this, sharing with others. People I don't know, you know, you might like me, you might hate me. That's okay. That's your side of the street. It's not mine. (laughs) But I am glad that the promises do come true. But I have to work daily. And what is my higher power showing me today And if I take care of it, I have just more and more uh, serenity and peace and not the chaos I used to have. Thank you.
12: you. Scott Sixaholic. Um, Yeah, definitely. uh, I've been sober in this program uh, about 15 and a half years, and um, the... um, freedom the new freedom and new happiness is uh, is significant when i check in with my sponsors i do like a feelings check in and i'd say majority of the time i say i'm um uh, feeling joy gratitude and serenity like those are the three um feelings um however there's you know sometimes there's fear there's anxiety there's other types of of feelings um but predominantly Definitely have a new freedom and a new happiness as a result of this program. Um, I remember reading somewhere that uh, char- character is um, is who you are and what you do when no one's watching. And so um, I have a lot of freedom in my life. Um, my wife, um, you know, has developed trust in me again, and I own my own business. And um, I just have a- – my kids are grown. They're in college and I have a lot of freedom, and so the way I choose to use that freedom is to me uh, emblematic of my character and so um just focusing on this weekend, you know I have something in the big book called big Sh- big shot itis I don't know if anybody else can relate to it, but um like I want to be the man, and so um I chose this weekend to kind of just like let things come to me as opposed to me having to go out and try to, you know, be center stage or whatever. And it, it's been amazing the conversations I've had with people Um just, just by just sort of walking around and not trying to, I don't know, overdo it. Like I have a habit of over-functioning and wanting to, you know, again, be – you know, do too much. And so, um, just some wonderful, wonderful conversations with people here. Some people who are in good, good places and some who are not. Um, and the more meaningful conversations are with the people I think who are, who are struggling here at this conference and that I was able to just share a few thoughts just by being me and just by sharing what's been going on with me. So that's been extremely helpful. I've been in touch with my wife, my kids. Well, not so much my kids. They don't respond. But um, but my wife has, um, you know, we've been texting. She's in Chicago. And so we've been sharing some some experiences that we've had with each other and or on our own. So it's just a lot to be grateful for. And um, thanks for letting me share.
13: My name is Paul. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, I had one of those guys in my group down in Knoxville. I've moved around a lot. Um, and, uh, he was, he was one of those people that was very, you know, precise about, you know, the, the promises are in the ninth step. And they were, you know, for me, in the by God halfway through ninth, the ninth step. Like, yeah, it sure, it was, it was pretty much exactly then when I really started realizing. And I'm gonna, you know, in the, in the little bit of time, like, you know, the three, that feeling of uselessness will disappear, and fear of people and of economic insecurity. Um, Because, you know, the feeling of uselessness was what I was drugging up. I mean, that was what I was trying to get away from, because I had internalized that in my childhood for, you know, whatever reasons. A lot of them just being where I started, um, you know, up here, over and above anything anyone ever did or said to me. Um, but that was the lesson I drew and that was what I was drugging up. And, you know, I went to, you know, i became convinced that I had to have sex to be happy, but I couldn't have sex because I was going to be a good boy. Mm-hmm. And so I found other things to drug that up with to the point where I was simply, you know, I was a behavioral addict of all kinds and I would spend seven, nine, 15 hours a day on the internet or playing a computer game just to get away, to get away from the thing that it was trying to get me away from that sense of being useless. And working the steps and, you know, just coming out and being a human being. Like, you know, it says either in the White Book or the Big Book or both about, you know, um, after working the fifth step, I'm like, you know what? I'm just a human being. I have faults. I've done wrong things. And that makes me exactly like everybody else. I'm a man among other men. I'm a human being among other human beings. Um, and that, means, that has freed me up to actually put myself out in front of other people. And, I mean, I'm going through a period in my life right now where... You know, I got a PhD in geology, ran screening for academia because I was a failure. That was before um, I was not a failure, but in my mind I was a failure. Um, so I did exactly the wrong thing, got out, decided I couldn't stand, you know, living this little job, this little life that I had started for myself. So I went back. That was when I entered recovery. It was actually I went to Chicago and got, you know, referred to the program by, you know, this priest in the confessional giving me the best advice I've ever, ever gotten or will ever get. Um And and I have, you know, blundered my way through that, trying to still do what other people expected of me, you know, still still working from that paradigm that I you know got from recovery was this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I finally quit that. I've left and I'm going through a period right now of the the last several months where I just can't if I put myself out a tiny bit and I now have the courage to put myself out that tiny bit and I stumble into ten or twenty thousand dollars worth of work. You know, because I'm trying to support myself with a with a consulting business, and it's just like a tiny step forward. And you know, this this little life that I'm trying to live, I'm I'm living with my dad, um, on a farm in Indiana, but it's good enough, and it and and God's provided, and just He's on my side, and that's really strange, and it's really wonderful. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Paul. Oh. Thanks Paul. This will be the last. Will it now?
14: My name's uh, Jim, recovering sexaholic. And uh, the reason I decided to come to this one out of the ones that we had was the way that, you know, the the subtlety of the stuff. Sometimes you don't realize that something's not there until it's like, wow, you know, this used to be. And my problem was anxiety and catastrophizing. I would look at every single situation in my life and look at the worst-case scenario, you know, best case scenario never dawned on me. It was always the worst case scenario that was coming up, you know, Um, and uh, it goes back to some real guttural instinct and fears. Um, I think alone in this project, I have problems when I'm driving along and I see uh, homeless people on the side of the road, you know, that is actually a trigger for me. believe it or not, that's a trigger that makes me want to act out. Of course, it's got absolutely nothing to do with sex. You know, it's got to do with inadequacy. You know, um, it's it's got everything to do with inadequacy. You know, someday nobody's going to love me and I'll be all on my own and nobody's going to want to give me a job. And I'm going to be one of those people sleeping in the park. Um, And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that's gone away, but it's going away, you know. Um, when I look back at the very, very peak of my addiction, I was just, you know, it was always like, what direction is this next, you know, giant impact going to come from? You know, am I going to get fired? Am I going to get, you know, found out? Um, uh, you know, I one time went four months without paying my electric bill, and lo and behold, they shut it off. And um, I went out to my mailbox, and it was, I hadn't emptied my mail in four months, <coughs> You know, then there enough. There's my bill. You know, there's my electric bill, and I had to go a weekend without electric. Um, it was $120 overdue, and I happened to have $120 in my wallet. You know, I mean, it was it's fear, fear that I can't earn a living, fear that I can't take care of myself, fear, 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 fear. And in the periods of sobriety that I've had, and I'm accumulating. You know, that is slowly, not not fast enough, but it's dissipating. I'm no longer I'm afraid of my own shadow. I'm no longer afraid to wake up in the morning, and things are getting better. So thanks for listening. Thanks,
2: Mr. Joe. David, sexaholic. Uh, one promise that hasn't been mentioned, and yet um, I find that I say it to people and, and um, have used it in my own life many times no matter how far down the scale we have gone we will see how our experience can benefit others and two things uh one of the nice things about uh sexaholics anonymous for me is that it mine kicked in at age 4 that's not that unusual for us and anything we've done will be subject to the blessings and the success of this program and people i think need to be reminded of that and uh, especially along the way because it can be pretty terrifying and, and the other thing is that promise, they all say it, this one in particular, though, it's we. We never have to be alone again, and that's one of the biggest promises of all.
1: Thank you, Dave. Anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. So we'll all stand now, circle up, and we'll say the third step prayer. Oh.
2: have a moment of silence for the animals still suffering in and outside these rooms. Third step, prayer. God.
4: God, I offer myself to thee, to live with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I admit do Thy will. Take away my difficulties, have victory over them,
0: and witness to those I would help. Thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Keep
4: coming back. It works. If it work. is the work. It the so work. It, so work it. <laughs>
2: you know what Joseph is yeah. uh, uh, Joseph, Joseph is 31
5: years I thought of the you can support it and maybe someone you Yes. it's a bunch of thoughts we have a guy in our fellowship
0: called Self-Carey. He came with a baseball camp, he was a Harry. Another, another same guy. My community is most
2: important My name is another Caminin. name. everyone. everyone. I call him oh, I want to have my name. I have your number. It's, it's just a, it's one of the first uh, that Just give us. Uh, thank, thank, right. you. Oh, so to thank you. Oh, something I do here. It was great. It was great. It, you, great. it really great. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I will pay special attention to your piece. Okay. And if I follow my commitment, I might just change it before we print it. It's terrible for yeah. me. I mean, I, I have trouble really yeah. doing it, it's not terrible. Yeah. Justin, and it was great. justin, I, justin. justin. I, I, don't I have to put the so long Well, so um, justin. I, i just have to like describe I your And your, uh, I did it this your, uh weight and height. Uh, uh, and uh, uh-huh. So I've, uh, I've also been working on the website. Oh, yeah. so I'm sorry. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did Chad produce more? Oh, yeah. He used to be in Denver. I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got to do something about those posts. Uh, they're not right. I just haven't taken any time to do it. But he said the only way talking, uh, is to change the date for posting data. So, uh, that's okay. I There's some there now I really don't want there. there and there's some yeah. down below. there. I, I, there, do I, uh, there is there's some if uh, so yeah, um, so you and have and the like, video so
3: video
2: so so I can do it. and Oh, like, uh, like, uh, so I can do it. Uh, I have access to that section
3: yeah, it's oh, like I didn't a know you were yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I know. Yes, yes. I know. Yeah, that's what he said. So, right. I, I am going uh, okay. to see. Okay. Hey, I'm i I'm going to call for a competition with <laughs> you, too. I Do like, you look at your site? I change that. I check it time. As, as far, far as like, original content? You know, original content. And no, and no. It's not no. quite up to date, no. but it's no. not. It's no. not, it's
2: not no. No. I think that's really, as far as getting all on there, the site looks a It gets higher in the process, and also it gets higher in the finish and Exactly yeah. I should, yeah. it. Yeah. You should check it out. Time. Time. They, they should be. We yeah. can, well, the background is actually good because there's certain things to say, uh, okay, this one yeah. seems, yeah. Uh, seems yeah. to be useful. You know, we've kind of kind of done the deals long long with, with this program. So I think so it's, it's really, really it's you know, as much original. Awesome stuff. Yeah, check it out. And we're going fine. to find some
3: of them are going to be able to run just about 2,000. Yeah, sure. I just we just back
2: and changed i yeah, I I just go to the straight well, chat okay, and don't pay attention. I don't think it's, it's like Google. It. It's Google. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You can a little more you. Oh, no. You know what? I yeah was
0: thinking